This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our look back at the comfortable Palace 1-0 victory against Watford. Defeat for Hodgson's Mooses meant relegation, but you'd hardly have known it from the passive and low-tempo performance as they departed the top division with a whimper. Shame. With me this week, I have Mike Scott. Hello for the third show running. Sorry to everyone that's listening to those shows. I mean, you've got to, yeah, just, it's too, there's too much of a good thing, isn't there, really? Yeah, I think some of the uh, some of the, uh, the the staff here at uh, back of the Nest Towers have uh, are pretty much on the beach, as the saying goes, right? Yeah, or some of them are dealing with um, the fact that Croydon took like four days to count the votes for the councillor <laughs> thing as well. Yeah, there is a bit of that going on as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, anyway, and no, I can't talk as uh, you know my fairly uh, lackadaisical attitude to the podcast this year will attest. But hey, you know, gave people something different not hearing my voice every week, didn't it? But uh, but happy to to be back for this one. Um, and Mike, I haven't really spoken to you for a while. We've had a little chat before we started recording. But what's been going on in your life? Anything good? Yeah, I mean. The, the things I sort of say now sound like really, you know, like I used to say, oh, I, I don't know, I was on tour in Germany or something. The mm. best I can say is that um, I found when somebody wanted planning permission for a new block of flats at the end of my road that I actually own a load of land behind my garden. So my garden's oh. extended. So, I mean, that is about as exciting as things have got, really, to be honest. But, but in all honesty, because, you know, now I'm uh, approaching 42 years old, um, that is genuinely very entertaining to me. And um, frankly, this podcast should be about only that. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I, I feel you know, very happy with myself today. I, I, you know, I got up this morning and, um, you know, I made breakfast. I've, I've mowed the lawn. I cut a bush back in the front garden because it was obstructing the path. Uh, I did a barbecue, uh, you know, walked the dog again, fed the dog, you know domestic domestic bliss so we're basically telling people that the little things in life are what make people happy and it isn't Uh, it isn't that that it isn't getting into say the fa cup final yes yes i think that's what we're saying yeah 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 yeah. Uh, or or um that we're you know approaching or in middle age and our lives have become a parody of uh of of what they used to be so yeah you know, my li- my liver's better for it to be honest but mm, mm, yeah exactly yeah well there you go so um yeah it's um you know it's 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 kind of nice sort of end of the season really isn't it we're kind of you know, gradually um edging towards that final game and and nothing's gone wrong nothing's bad we you know we had a good shot at a cup and Well, well, let me ask you this. So I really struggled. I I haven't had less interest in Palace for a long time than I felt after that FA Cup defeat. I think it was at the Leicester game afterwards. 
could not give a toss. Like I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd totally checked out. These two results have got me back into it. I was really, I was looking forward. You know, I like my cricket. I was, uh, you know, I've watched the first five Surrey games, three, three home games. They've been beautiful. It's been sunshine. We've, we've been really good. We've got victories. I have, I have my heart on that. I, I was struggling. Is it? Is it on? Are we on the beach, or is it maybe just it's just come back at the end of the season because of the good results? You feel a little bit more like you you care about football. Uh, yeah, I think the results do help. It's 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 sad in a in a way, isn't it? You know, because you've always felt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm sure like like me, you've always been the, that person who says I don't mind as long as the performances are good. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and also that you know we all feel that we're reasonable people, and then you know when we've got injuries, suspensions, or or whatever, or players are lacking form. We, you know, we don't blame the manager. We accept it. You know, we accept that we're Palace, and you know, we're going to win some games that we shouldn't, but we're also going to lose some games that we'll feel we shouldn't, and you know, we'll end up roughly where we need to end up. But you know, I think this season we've had a little bit of a taste, and what happened with the FA Cup, I think, and I, and I felt it as well. You know, it, it it got me out of match attending retirement <laughs> to go to to go to Wembley. You know, and I think. Um, you know, we we dared to dream, didn't we? To some point, we suddenly looked at the way we were playing. Um, you know, the way performances were, and we looked at the, you looked at the last four in the FA Cup, and you're like, okay, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, top three, Palace. Are we maybe we're the fourth best, best team in the league? You know, and you get carried away. Do you think, well, actually, you know, on our on our day, we could we could definitely do Chelsea here? And it was just to say, I absolutely did not think that. Um, right. Just, 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 just. To I mean, I, I dared to dream. I'm not saying I thought <laughs> it with any real logic. I just dared to dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, look, it, it, yeah, there was no doubting that that was disappointing. Having having said that, you know, I have to say personally, I went into that game on much more of an even kill than I've ever done. <laughs> you know, you know, in, in the past, I think that would have consumed my every waking thought for weeks leading up to it. Um, you know, and and everything my entire well-being would have been based on the the result of that game but i was able to to be fairly philosophical about it after the the initial disappointment um it was a nice day out <laughs> yeah i anyway, mean i spoke yeah. about it as well but and we all before the game we were all saying to each other yeah we're probably going to lose but yeah it's just it's it hit the stuffing out of out of me for the season and I, i'm glad these last two results i mean Southampton away last week, other than the Millwall game away, was was my favourite game in the season to go to, and um, this is just this has really helped me just get it. But obviously, we've got exciting things to talk about with the team and stuff. But yeah, that Southampton game really, really just gave me the spark back. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I you know, because of timing and stuff, I I, I missed doing the the, uh, the podcast on that again, and that was one that I really wanted to do because you know, last minute, well, or, or late goals are just a thing of beauty. But when it's against a team that just exists in your mind that, you know, like Southampton are a real irritation to me, you know, I can never quite understand why they think their fans certainly think that they're, you know, a, a better, more significant club than us. And I'm just like, you're not, you know, you're not really anything. You, you, you're not, there's a bit of history, but there's not really, you know, any lots of clubs could say there's a bit of history. It's, you know, there's nothing really there. And they've always had a bit of needle for us. And I just thought that was beautiful. But, you know, so's, so's Zaha sending Watford down. And we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that yeah. for sure. But a bit of news to catch up on um, before we do that. So uh, Palace's under 18s beat Brighton by two goals to one. Uh, went 2 0 up, but Brighton pegged one back. Uh, through Marcus Eiffel, who I spent quite a lot of time trying to work out if he is related to Paul Eiffel. I couldn't find anything that said he is, but, you know. He he must be. Surely he must be. Because, like, Paul Eiffel lived in Brighton and played for Brighton and played for Millwall. I think Marcus Eiffel was in Millwall. It must be related. There must be some sort of relation there. I don't think it's his son, but I think it's got to be some sort of relation. But anyway... But there you go. Anyway, he scored for Brighton, but uh, Victor Akinwale and Adamola Ola Adabome um, scoring for Palace, uh, seeing off the South Coast Minnows. Um, and that means that Rob Quinn's under-18s are third uh, in securing that place in the under-18 Premier League South, which is a very, very strong performance. 
Um, and it's a, just a fantastic side. And let's not forget a bit of disruption in that team this year with, with the, the shift from Paddy moving from the 18s upwards and Rob Quinn's done brilliantly stepping in there. Um, you know, and, and, and well, um, we have a really talented bunch of players and a few of those have moved up to the 23s through the course of the season as well. Um, and so the players coming behind them, it's just been pretty seamless. So really impressed with the 18s this year and, um, and beating Brighton towards the end of the year is also a fantastic thing to see. Um, so yeah, brilliant. And I did note, Mike, actually, that, uh, I think, um, Ola Adebomi, he's got, I think that's 19 goals in 25 games this year at under 18 level. Uh, and he's been training with the first team, uh, this last week or two. See, now you're daring me to dream about mm. an EFL trophy cup run next season. Well, um, there you go. That would be the under 21s. That'd be beautiful. It, it would. And there's certainly some talent there. And we'll see if any of those guys who have been given the opportunity to train with the team start to feature towards the end. Vieira said they would. They didn't in this game. But, you know, a couple more games left. Well, three. We'll see what happens. Um, so next up, it was actually, uh, we go back to last Monday with the 23s beating Leicester 3-2. There was an early goal from Killian Phillips, his first uh, since signing for Palace. And Scott, Brank, Scott Banks with a brace. Um, a direct free kick and a penalty. But, you know, his his free kicks, his dead ball, uh, delivery and and quality is absolutely astonishing. Um, Get him in on corners in the first team. Get him in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I've I've never seen, I, and I might be corrected by a bunch of people, and, and please do. But I don't think I've ever seen a player score so many direct free kicks as him and, and you know coming through the system looking at looking at how he strikes a ball the, the technique that he's got um you know he is he is an astonishing technician um you know from from direct free kicks so you know fingers crossed he keeps developing and he's not not a bad player you know in in you know running running with the ball and you know he's he's got good technical skills close control all that kind of stuff decent range of passing um, you know, so he keeps developing. I think, you know, again, I've said many times, I think we've got a real player there, but he's, you know, he's got to kick on. He's reaching that critical year or two um, where he needs to really, um, you know, to, to sort of to make that move up, maybe get a loan to a championship club or something. If you can hear a noise, um, my dog is behind my chair snoring, just so you know. Unbelievable. <clears throat> So anyway, the, the astonishing thing about that game, Mike, was that Palace finished with nine men. So uh, Teo Adaramola Adar- was sent off. Um, he got two yellows. That was only like 50th minute or something like that, 51st minute. And then Luke Dreyer was sent off for a second bookable offence with seven minutes left, but still managing to win the game, ending in eighth place and could finish as high as fifth if we beat Derby in the final game of the season. I, I mean... I've been to a few under twenty three games. Tend to watch them on the stream when I'm at work. There's not many yellow cards, let alone red cards. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I know. I've um, yeah. I'm, I mean, we'll we'll talk about another red at a youth level in a sec. But yeah, finishing with nine men is. Um, I mean, I'm sure things will be said. I don't know. You, you know, without I didn't see the game myself, unfortunately. So, you know, I always see that and wonder if it's a if it's a ref who's you know just. <laughs> get towards the end of the season has just had enough of it all and just like you know the booking players for the for the slightest little thing but um fair enough you know, there you go. we shall see so unfortunately you know those are those are two very good results um uh, but we do have to talk about an unfortunate result and um that was the under 15s losing 4-2 to Sunderland in the National Floodlit Cup final uh, and that was after extra time as well and um, yeah, real, really heartbreaking to lose any final and, and did a tremendous job to get there, the, the, the 15s. Talented group of players. Um, um, you know, the game, pat, you know, panned out relatively well for Palace to a point. Uh, went 1-0 up through Enrique Lameras, um, but Sunderland did then equalise. And just before half-time, it was a red card for Palace. Leon Elliott showing a red card. Um, you know, so 10 men... At one-one at half-time in a final, you've really got to dig deep, and Palace absolutely did do that. And um, you know, Lemaras, you know, mid- early in that second half, gave Palace the lead again with a header, and got all the way to four minutes left in the game. 
um, before Sunder managed to to get that equaliser. And um, you know, it's always going to happen. I think if you you could you could probably get away with ten men in, in up to that ninety minute mark. You know, a, a half of a game with ten men, you can pretty much get away with but when you have to play an extra 30 minutes or actually to be fair it's under 15 so it's probably an extra 10 minutes each way but that that told uh, an extra time Sunderland scored twice winning the game 4-2 so a disappointment but a tremendous achievement to get to that final and and beating you know a lot of our our rival teams on the way I think we dispatched Charlton and Millwall and, and all sorts so fantastic effort from the team and no one should feel uh, you know, feel feel ashamed for losing a final. It's um, but you just got to come back and be better next time, haven't you? That's that's the that's the trick there. Uh, and finally, Mike, you've got an update on the women's team. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll update on that. I just um, yeah. before I say that, I, I just want to talk about. Um, I've mentioned it in a in a couple of pods. Uh, the ongoing saga with uh, playing with my uh, my son on FIFA 2015. Um, so he's seven years old. And he's just getting into Palace. And uh, he's also just getting into FIFA and watching like just bits of football all the time uh, on like YouTube and stuff. Um, so unfortunately, we lost in the final of the FA Cup in the uh, in the first season on FIFA 15. Um, so we we felt that pain, um, but we have just purchased Daniel Gabadon. Uh, on a free transfer, so oh, uh, we, like a great yeah, signing! Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I've been trying to buy only ex Palace players for him, um, <laughs> so he can learn the names because he's he's now he's properly saying Johnny Esther instead of Johnny Williams. So getting there, um, unfortunately, we've only got a PS3, so I can't get him any newer than that. But um, yeah, ah. so I feel the pain of of, of losing finals. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to quickly touch on the women's side. So. Um, Obviously, they, they ended up finishing finishing fourth um, in the um, in the in the championship this season, and uh, we're hoping to have a word with their social team, get someone back on. Um, Carver and uh, Sam and, and other people have, have done some stolen interviews this week, uh, this year. Sorry, um, so the last one was with uh, Molly Sharp, who ended up top scorer actually for uh, for the club this season, but. There's a quote that they put up um, a couple of days ago on Twitter, the the women's uh, the women's team, and it's from Dean Davenport, the the manager, and he said, "What an achievement to finish in the top four! All the players and staff deserve the utmost respect for breaking all kinds of club records along the way. This team is by far the best team I've managed in the 18 years being here, and I mean that is that's high praise." So. I think it's exciting for the men's team next year, but exciting for the women's team as well. And if we can just get a few more games, either at Sellhurst or at least on on the uh, the Palace player or on TV, that would be absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll try and get. I don't know, I'd love to get his thoughts um, and a couple of the players. We'll, we'll keep you posted on that. We'll try, we'll, maybe it'll be something exciting to do in the off season. Um, but just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic season from them, and yeah, as you say, hopefully kick on and we can see, you know, see a lot more from them um, as as their kind of reach and influence grows and grows. Really, um, it's interesting seeing uh, hearing you talk about your uh, your son and you're playing FIFA 15 together. I downloaded the Retro Football Manager app today because um, it's free on Apple Arcade. Yeah, I'm one of those people. And uh, I've taken over Palace in, I think it's 2004-05 season you were, um, they're available in. Okay, so so Dowie's gone and and it's now it's now you. It's now me, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got a limited squad. Apparently the previous manager had stripped things down to the bare bones. So you don't you don't start with very many players. So Bounce back so ability one, two, though, so that's four, cool. Five, six, seven, eight, yeah, nine, ten. 13, 14, like I've got 15 players. I've got AJ, Routledge, Popovich, yep. Michael Hughes, Excellent. Dougie, Dougie Friedman, remember that guy? Uh, Gabor Kirai, Ben Watson, Danny Granville, Aki Rialati, Julian Speroni, Eunice Kolka, Emerson Boyce, Fitzhall, Gonzalo Sorondo, and Sandor Torgelli. Oh, see, now that all sounds... That's at, to, I don't know, I, I must be looking back at rose-tinted glasses, but that seems like a, a sort of top six Premier League side. <laughs> Doesn't it, right? 
Um, I think if we're entirely honest, and I don't want to badmouth anyone, so I'm going to say Torgelli was was a disappointment, right? But when you actually look at that, you know, I mean, Kulka wasn't actually bad either, although he didn't, didn't see much game well, time. When you actually look at that. Let's have a look at Torgelli's stats. Sorry. Um, yeah, have a quick look. Okay, I'll let you do that as I uh, as I take us a little bit and forward. When's the last time we had two Hungarians inside as well? Well, exactly. It's long overdue, isn't it? Uh, so, played 12 for us in the 2004-2005 season. Yeah. Um, scored none. Um, that's about as far as the stats go on Wikipedia. Um, you did score for us, though, because obviously Wikipedia don't uh, doesn't always have the stats for... When you look at it on the right-hand side, top right, it doesn't show the cup games. No, of course, no, he scored yeah. for us against uh, Charlton Athletic in the cup, didn't he? Well, there you go. There's what, uh, how many cup games did he play? Let's see if we can find this out. Um, Probably just the two. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, there you go. There's the goal. Yeah, so... Uh, no, that's that's in. So appearances none, goals one. So he must have come on as a sub. Oh, that's weird. Either that or he, someone's fucked up Wikipedia. I think they, I think they messed up because he. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a hundred. Yeah. How can no you have way. appearances zero and goals one? Yeah, I'm pretty. I don't. I thought he started that game, but anyway, he definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. It was a game against Charlton. Because um, I remember us playing our reserve team and beating their their first team I think that's my recollection and I'm sticking with it and how old do I feel that Sandor Torgel is now 40 years old anyway moving swiftly on he um, looks it as well I'll tell you that the pictures yeah. from 2016 and he looks about 50 <laughs> we better we better actually cover the game haven't we yeah sorry everyone it's only been what is it 20 minutes and we haven't said anything really about Palace Watford so apologies for that but um, yeah you know it's the end of season we're allowed so um I think we just got to start talking about the lineup really Mike and um so obviously you know in general it wasn't it wasn't the best performance you'll see from Palace in fact Joel Ward said it wasn't a pretty performance but we got the job done uh scoring 12 points in football cliche talk um congratulations Joel um that is probably a winning performance in in football clichés uh, this week so well done um but it, I th- I think that is a fair reflection uh, and we'll talk more about that in a bit but um you know we we had some quality we created some good chances but I think wasteful in the first half and, and Vieira was critical of that failure to convert those chances and then failure to create more than we did in the second half, um, which again, I think was was probably a, a fair reflection on the game. But, you know, we, we got three points. We weren't under threat. It was comfortable, as, as I said in my intro. So, you know, I had no real complaints. I thought we played some nice football at times. A couple of the moves, you know, if you think back to some of the chances we created, there was one really great flowing move that was started there was a flick from Eze in there a back heel from Gallagher and just absolutely you know wonderful to see and it was I think it was Elise at the at the back post who who hit the ball over and you're just thinking you know watching that team play in in that manner was was really encouraging but we just didn't do it consistently enough to be massively excited about the game but it it was a decent performance but we'll start with them but in, in just focus a little bit on, on, on the lineup, Mike. I'll get you some views on this. Obviously, Guaita has a knee injury at the moment, um, so wasn't in the squad. So Remy Matthews was on the bench and Jack Butland in the side. And, you know, he seems to be enjoying playing for Palace. You know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's starting to, he's, you know, probably played a, I can't remember how many, I couldn't think how many games he's played this year, but the cup run certainly helped him get some game time in. And he's, he looks quite comfortable in there. Nothing to worry about really, is there? I think he's played more games than I expected. That if I think he's 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 played at least half a dozen in the league, let alone the cup. So he's had his chances. I mean, so just just picking up a comment from William Pickering on Twitter. Do we think Butlin will be first choice keeper next season? Love Fiji, but massively warming to JB. And I, I think warming is is the word because you know he, he started that 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 error against Millwall you know if we'd have lost that game I think you know he's he would have had to basically climb a couple of mountains to get back mm. in the good books with Palace so it's it's mainly down to Michael Elise that um, he's even you know got the respect he has at this point 
I don't really mind what Keeper we've got at the moment, which is a really good sign. Um, I think the key is that the way we play with, with passing out of the back, the fact that we've got two keepers that can do it when before we had basically none, I mean, that's amazing. So yeah. he, he was a steal of a signing because you, you'd really expect, and it, it certainly early in the season it seemed that, as soon as Guaita wasn't there, there was just a, a kind of, Anderson was not quite sure what to do, but they seem comfortable with both keepers now. So I'm not, I'm really not that bothered which one, which one starts. No, me neither. And it's a, it was a good question. Whether or not he'll be first choice next year, I, I, I'm probably going to say, assuming Guaita is still here, which there's no reason to think he won't be, despite the, the comments attributed him, to him in the last week or so, talking about the fact he'd love to, to go back to Valencia and so, you know, sort of finish his career there at some point, and he's you know that he's running out of time to do that, and it's where his friends and family are. You hear stuff like that, and you go, eh. but you know, he reaffirmed his commitment to Palace for his contract, and I guess, I guess we'll see. But um, it wouldn't be, yeah, like you say, it wouldn't be panic stations if if you know I saw Butland start, and you know, he's twenty nine. He's, he's you know not thirty until I think next March, and. There's there's enough years in him left, you know. He's got a good five or six years at the top level, um, so that's that's more than enough time for him to to get that number one shirt uh, and, and keep it for a period. And, and you know, and you know, who knows? You know, if he, if he plays consistently in the team that we're building right now, we've seen that, you know Tyreek Mitchell, Mark Gay, and Conor Gallagher get called up, and you know, but- Butland's as number one in our in our squad playing well, could find his way back towards the, the England camp as well. So, well, what, What's quieter on a week, do you know? Uh, I don't know, no. Um, you know, it's going it's to be a decent amount because he came on a free transfer in the end, didn't he? So, Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine he's got a few more years. I'm just looking at the, the Valencia weekly wage at the moment. Um, mm. So they've got a, a Portuguese international... Gonzalo Guides that's on 100 grand but after that it, it tails off pretty heavily so you'd imagine a keeper probably wouldn't be earning half of what he's on at Palace mm-hmm. um, so I think we've got time yeah I, I, people are panicking left right and centre that we're going to lose you know I saw in the WhatsApp chat amongst members of the of the pod team um, talk of Edward and and I saw on Twitter Eze and I think we've got to not worry. We're, we're doing really well. This is a team that you'd want to play for. So yeah. I think I, certainly next season they're both going to be there and they're both going to have as long as we have a cup run again they're both going to have a decent amount of games. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, yeah, I don't think we need to to fear too much. There is obviously people talking about you know release clauses for Elise. Um, you know, obviously there's the Gallagher question that just will get asked a thousand times a week as to, you know, are we going to be out keep him? And if not, um, which you know seems likely to me, how are we going to replace him? And, you know, we've talked on this pod, it's as they, you know, as they can just slide, slide in there. And, you know, but then it's, you know, the, the talk about Edward not getting his opportunities, you know, I, I like the fact that Vieira is just out, you know, it's, it's quite happy to, t- to tell you what's going on, you know, you know, and he said with Edward, he started well and he and he trailed off and he hasn't, hasn't earned his place and um and he's challenged him to do that for the remainder of the season, which I think is absolutely the right thing to do. You know, a player can be a, a really talented, really impressive player that you really want to see given a chance and not work and not fit in with your squad. Um, you know, he started so well, I think everybody expected him just to keep go to keep going, get better and score more goals. But you know, it doesn't always work that way, sadly. And I, I thought he did okay in the Watford game. Um, and there was one moment in particular where he showed what he was capable of and was very unlucky not to score. Um, I'll tell you what, is there any player, including Zaha, that you, include, <laughs> including Edward, that you would think would have been able to get the ball to the point of having a shot doing no, what he did? Uh, no, I... I I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't expect it. And um, I think that's part of the reason he got through. And, you know, we can talk all day about how, uh, how you know, poor a team Watford look. Um, but that was incredible close control. Uh, and, and the shot, the kind of snapshot, how quickly he got that away. And, you know, Foster gets a lot of credit for how he performed to keep the score down as well. But 
I don't really think he knew much about that. It just, you know, it just so happened his, you know, his his feet were close enough together that the ball clipped one of them. You know, <laughs> otherwise there was not a lot he could have done about that. But you know, I think, yeah, good good question. I think you know, let's let's see what happens. Let's not panic about about losing players. And you know, we'd mentioned a couple of them there in in terms. In fact, pretty much all of them in that conversation, Mike. But I think. This is one of the the few times that we've seen Edward, Eze, Zaha, Elise, and Gallagher all start together uh, in the same team. So, well, then in that, it, yeah, well, in that case, the same comment, a lengthy one. I think William might have had a couple of drinks. To be fair, uh, he made some. <laughs> he made some very good. Made some very good points. Is it reasonable to? Feel disappointed that Will Felice, Ebbs, Connor, and Edwards all playing didn't result in a goal fest. And I did see quite a lot on Twitter of people saying, "Ah, oh, we should have won by more. Should have won by more." I don't really care because at no <laughs> point did Watford look like they were even vaguely going to score. So I don't think Palace needed to get out of sort of third gear. Um, and that's you know when you when you see if it was Man City for example people would have just gone oh they didn't need to didn't need to today you know res- reserved their energies um, and I kind of felt that way I mean like we say Edward hit the post anyway we we did we did miss some chances but we created them um, and we certainly created a lot more from the wings than we have for a lot of points this season so I was almost was like I was happy that we were experimenting with new ideas and, and playing more expansive uh, stuff down the wings and I wasn't too bothered about whether we scored one or ten. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I, I suppose to some degree I, I, I do think that and I, I wasn't disappointed that we didn't score more. No, hang on, that's not true. I was slightly disappointed we didn't score more based on the way the game went. Um, but look, I think couple of things really first of all playing edward um up top uh, you know then playing in behind well either side of him zaha and elise and then playing Eze and gallagher together in the middle that's only possible realistically if you're playing a team like watford um uh, i mean in the premier league you know if if you're playing a team that are you know with all due respect to watford dog shit um you know, you can. That's where you can flex those muscles and and give those players game time together. So I suppose I, I want to first of all applaud Vieira for for making that decision and putting those players out there together on the pitch at the same time because that's the kind of thing that everybody wants. Everyone gets so excited about those players, right? And honestly, I genuinely believe this. You can take Edward out of that and chuck Mateta in, and I'm still just as excited because I, I think Mateta's a fantastic yeah, player at the moment. Agreed, totally agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, but anyway, take that attacking group, throw them in like that, and, and in particular, Eze and Gallagher in the same team with Zaha and Elise either side of a striker. That that is absolutely the way forward for us in games where we're going to dominate the ball. In games when we're not going to dominate the ball. It, it leaves us too much to do in the centre and midfield. Um, and that's where you have to bring in the more functional players. Um, you know, and, and, and Vieira has done that really well. So, um, But to give context to what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to is those players haven't played together enough for us to have an expectation that they're going to smash 20 goals in, you know, against a, a poor side like Watford. You know, Edward has got to play with you know, those players around him for four or five, six games in a row to really see if he's going to be able to link with them properly. Similarly, Gallagher and Eze have got to play together in the same midfield for several games in a row. Eze is, he wasn't a great performance from him, but there were great moments and he is starting to play with the same fluidity and the same kind of... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Swagger that he played for before the in- played with before the injury, and I'm really enjoying seeing that for sure. Did you did you get that impression from him as well, Mike? I thought he played really well throughout. To be honest, um, I mean it's clear, and we've said it before that him and Zaha, you know, they, they've got a, a special bond, um, so that really helps. But I thought he was in amongst it way more than I've seen him since he's come back from the injury, and. There are games where he seems a bit anonymous at times, but that's just his game. I, I, yeah, I feel he's he's almost back to it. And 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 going back to what you said about the, the players not having played with each other very much, I sort of liken it to you know an England game where you expect us to win by fives, wins by sixes, and it just doesn't work that way for, for exactly the reason you said that that it takes a while. You know, it took us about 15 games when we were just drawing, drawing, drawing. We're now at a stage where we're winning those games. Um, and then when you change stuff up, it's still going to take time. So, yeah, absolutely spot on. So, yeah, um, and, and I suppose I was going to talk about this later, but I think it's a good opportunity to talk about it now because, you know, what you say there about it taking time, you know, is pretty much what Zaha was talking about um, interviewed after the game. And he was talking about that we're building a team and that, you know, to, reminding people, this is the first year that this team is together. You know, and he used the phrase that there's a lot more to come. So in that, in, in one sense of drawing attention to the fact that he's agreeing and he's quite rightly reminding people as a senior figure, as a leader in this team, he's saying that, you know, remember we're one year into this. Um, just imagine what might happen. Um, but similarly, do you, do you kind of hear him talking like that and start to think, well, you know, maybe it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he does sign a new contract with us and doesn't seek that one big move in a year's time? I was just about to say, yeah. I mean, so I've, apart from the fact that it's because I've got a 2007 Vauxhall that's only got um, like medium wave radio, but yeah. I talk sport on <laughs> most of the time when I'm driving. And um, for the first time I've ever heard someone say, um, I'm not quite sure who it was. I, I felt like I might have been Darren Bent, but I, I wasn't paying particular attention. But they said, no, Zaha just might as well, he should just stay at Palace now and be, he said something like, be the best he can be. And I, I feel like he now has the players and the manager that would make him want to stay. So to say something like this is the start of something, that's not the kind of thing you say when you're not too bothered. Um, that's, it's, that's really exciting. Yeah, I suppose, you know, without wanting to be, to pull too many negatives into today, it's the only thing that bothers me a little bit is that he has had a bit of what I consider to be uh, unfair treatment from some areas of the Palace support. I think majority of people, particularly at games, Quite rightly, you know, you know what it's like, Mike. If you've if you've been watching him, you know, in person at games for for the majority of his career, you will never ever give the guy stick, will you? You know, you just uh, uh, who are these? Like, so it, it, it's either somebody that if you give them a million quid, they want to, or it, it's <laughs> it's somebody that because Palace have been in the Premier League for for nine years. Mm are now treating them as, you know, top six fans do, where they don't really go to the games and they just make sweeping. Like, I, I think that'd be the vocal, the vast, vast, vast minority. Yeah, it is. But there's just been enough of it for me to feel like, you know, there's a, there was a danger at times Lock of that em. bond being broken, you know. But there's, a, like, that that bond that, that Zaha has with the, with, with the club, with the fans... You know, at times it was just turning a little bit toxic, and I and I really didn't like that. And that's why this season, in certainly not at the ground. 
Not no, no, it's never at the ground. That's the thing. Everything you see on kind of social media, it's so rarely is any of that replicated at the ground. And, you know, I always have to remind myself of that to keep myself sane. So, um, you know, but like, anyway, I think, you know, positive signs from Zaha. I, you know, I really hope, I, I wouldn't blame him if he just, you know, he wants to see out a contract and see where, you know, where he can play the last few well, do, I mean, years of his career. So, so I mean, it's it, it's obvious. He, his real dream is to play at Arsenal. And I, if that happened now, think of the vitriolic, nasty shit that he'd get at Arsenal by being a fringe player every time they lost. I mean, if he's an Arsenal fan, you know, he might see through that. Yeah, I mean, he is. But, it's you know... It, it, whatever the the ten or fifteen random trolls uh, in Palace fans uh, give him, it's nothing compared to the amount of racist abuse he gets from random people, and it'd be nothing compared to what he'd get if he went to a bigger club. So, um, unless he unless he went abroad, I, I just I, I don't see him getting. I, I just don't see it happening. Hmm. Um, I've got to say. Um... We we often we note down times where uh, on this when we're recording it, don't we, Mike? To any times we need an edit, or you know where, where something was said uh, incorrectly, or we just want to tidy things up a little bit. We don't do much editing, but I've got to say, if we could note down, I'm not got the exact time, but it was around in the recording. It was around 38 minutes, roughly. That if you listen closely enough, you may hear my dog fart. Oh really? Well, I mean, yeah. Needs must, yeah. needs must. No, I, I didn't hear it. So if if it's in there, excellent. You know, we'll keep it. In. Yeah. Um, if it is in there, and, and you do hear it at home, first person to tweet me at Hambo nineteen eighty and tell me the time that they that they heard it um, will win a prize. And anyone will tell you who's won a prize from us in the past. It's kind of fifty fifty as you'll if you'll ever get it. But I'll find you a prize. Anyway, thanks, thanks Rosa for for that and the accompanying smell. Let's move on, right? Um, we've got let's, we've got to talk about the goal because it's obviously it was a penalty, well dispatched by Zaha. But what do you think about the the award of that penalty? I mean, the more I see it, meh. so whether or not he pushed him in the back, I just can't get over the fact that the guy was absolutely livid, and yet even after the push. His arm wasn't in the position. He still stuck it out further to make sure that the ball didn't go past him. So I don't know what I don't know what he's moaning about. It went to VAR, and um, a few people said it on Twitter. Probably the best refereeing performance. The the fact that nobody really had any bad things to say about it is is testament to that. Probably the best refereeing performance of the season. Um, yeah, I just I can't see what he was moaning about, and then to the Reds. I mean, as blatant as they come. So, you, you if it was a Palace play, you'd think just moment of madness. I I, I don't know why people are and, and what if the, if it was that bad, the Watford fans, you you know, you know what they're like. They'd have made an excuse, didn't get mentioned. I've not seen one mention of it. So, no, the only thing I saw was um, match of the day. Um, on the highlights, I've forgotten who was summarising. Now I was so kind of disinterested. It might have been Jermaine Genus, um, just saying like, you know, shouldn't have been given, and that was about it. And I'm just well, yeah. why? Well, I mean, you know, it's, a, it's, ridic- it's ridiculous. He, he said it was because of the push in the back, and I think Gary Lineker said, "Oh, I, I must have missed that," and that was all that was said. But it's like, but, but the even push if there was, nothing, was it? even if it, even if it's a full-on push, he then sticks his arm out to make sure that the ball. So it's either a foul, or or it's a penalty. Like, so it's yeah. one of the two things. It's it's not it's not neither of those things. It doesn't make any sense. But I mean, the, the most pleasing part of that, and I look, I do generally think if we weren't one nil up, um, you know, at that point we would have played with, you know, more, you know, certainly more tempo in the second half if we weren't winning the game. So I do think we're going to win the game anyway. And, and we'll talk a little bit about why I think that more in, in, a, in a bit, but, you know, it did give us that wonderful opportunity to, to sing the song, you know, that, you know, Wilfred Zaha is sending you down because, you know, that history, that, that kind of, disrespect that that Watford fans and I I know some Watford fans and in, in particular one who's a very nice logical 
clever person who will tell me until he's blue in the face that Wilfred Zaha is overrated, is a cheat, dived in the playoffs um, and, and dived all the time and what Harry the Hornet did was absolutely deserved and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you do not know what you're talking about. You do not know. In every other thing I'd ever talk to the guy about, I'd say that he knows what he's talking about. In this, he's so, so wrong. So the fact that so many of their fans are like that, it just gives me a huge amount of satisfaction that it's his goal that ultimately relegates them. And they'll be saying things today, um, you know, the the phrase, oh, it's not what happens in one game that sends you down, it's the course of a season. They'll be saying all these things, but we all know Wilfred Zaha sent Watford down. We know that. That's that. We will say that forever, and I, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I, I saw a, a tweet like after the the Watford post that were like, "Oh, Palace have gone one nil up." Um, there was a random guy on there that was like, "Oh, look at it now. It's going to be all all the Luton and Bournemouth and Palace and other teams that hate us for no reason, um, slagging us off." It's like. For no reason, we talked about it earlier in the season where um, yeah. uh, uh, I think it was the Metro. It was one. It was one of the national newspapers had uh, had polled a load of Premier League fans about who their rivals were in the Premier League. Obviously, Brighton had gone Palace. Palace had gone Brighton. Watford had gone Palace. So, yeah. even the fact that they're not our rivals, they chose us. So it's certainly not for no reason. Let let alone the playoff. Let alone the penalty. Uh, but they, you know, it's it's kind a weird of weird old bunch. Yeah, they are a very very odd bunch, and I suppose that's what happened. This new supporter team that's called the Hornets, but has a picture of a moose. Um, not, none of it makes any real sense. They, you know, they look slightly like more like bees than wasps. It, it's it's a very odd thing, isn't it? They say they're a London team, but they're from Hertfordshire. It it's all a bit weird. Um, and you know, I, I thought. It was very interesting to hear uh, Ben Foster after the game. Yeah. He talked about the players and he said, there's too many players in that squad who will try for 60 or 70 minutes and then think job's done and, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, And for a a professional of, you know, and look, he's, you know, a little bit of a diversion, but I actually quite like him now, even though I've got a real hatred for when he was on loan at Watford in his early part of his career and he injured Andrew Johnson and celebrated injuring him and I I kind of will never forget that because it was just one of the most unpleasant things I've ever seen anybody do on a football pitch but anyway that aside um you know my my nephew uh my brother-in-law was telling me about this He's, he's talking to my nephew and um my nephew said oh there's a YouTuber who's a goalkeeper in the Premier League I was like, what? he said, what? And he's like, yeah, the cycling goalkeeper. So this is what it's like now, Mike. And you probably know this already, but it, it hurt my brain to know that there's, you know, in, in the high, for young, seemingly for young kids, the hierarchy goes YouTuber first and then footballer. Um, You know. Yeah, uh, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest. It doesn't surprise no. me. But anyway, um, you know, for him, for a player of his stature, for a player of his experience to be that open and honest and, you know, all of his teammates are going to see that. And, you know, he's basically saying, I I don't give a shit. You're all, you know, there's a fair proportion of you players who are are a joke. Um, Yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty stunning to hear. What what were your thoughts? Yeah, agreed. I mean, all I can think is that there's some big, big schism in their dressing room and, and it's it's helped you know if if not send them down it's helped feel them make them feel better that they've gone down um and uh, you'd imagine that their their squad's going to be decimated at the end of the season albeit I, i'm not sure too many are going to come back up to the premier league no i don't i don't think so either i mean look you know there's going to be a couple of their more talented players interestingly you know there's a couple of really good players in there i do like uh, it's Manuel Dennis i think I think it's his first name I've got right there. Um, looks a really good player to me. Um, and I think, um, you know, Saar is someone we we targeted. Uh, but I look at him and you, you look at Saar and then you look at Elise and you just think we've actually landed all right there because 
as talented a player as Sar is, he he's probably one of those that Foster's talking about that kind of lacks that heart to go beyond the 60, 70 minute mark. And, I was thinking the and same. Really, you know, yeah. really get his foot stuck in in a challenge and things like that. And if you look at Elise, he's not naturally a great defender or, or tackler, but he, he's game, isn't he? He gives it a go. He chases back. He tries his best. And, you know, he knows it's not where he's going to shine, but he knows he's got that responsibility. And I think that's why he's being talked about the way he is. And, and no, no one's really talked about Ishmael Asar this, this year at all. So um, uh, I think we did all right. Um, and I think the 25 million we offered when they wanted 40 was um, more than more than enough of an offer. I don't, Still, I don't think they're going to get 25 million for him now, to be honest. Not now, no, no. Uh, but I do, I do want to talk a little bit about Roy, and I think you know I'm gonna. I think I'll, I'll start with the the kind of observation um, of what people might probably rightly determine is a bit of a dig, a bit of a negative. And, I, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing it because people hate it when I do it. But I think it's wrong not to mention uh, observations about the opposition team um, just because it might offend people who uh, have a lot of affection for Roy and quite rightly so. And um, we'll talk about that affection and, and some amusing stuff around that in a bit. But I do have to say, looking at the the team that he put out and, and the way that they approached the game, um, and it, you know he's been absolved of any responsibility, and maybe that's fair. Maybe he just there's no there was no reaching those players. I, I guess uh, if you go by what Foster's saying, but you know if that's a game, that's a game you. If you don't win that game, you're relegated. Did at any point, at any point, they they just did not play like a team that was playing with a desperation that you should have. If you're, if you're like, okay, it's no, it might be completely out of our hands, but there's nothing we could do other than win this game of football. You know, it was 1-0 for a large proportion of it. That's, the game's not dead. So, you know, they kept in their structure. They kept in their shape. Um, and, and as I said earlier, they went down with a whimper. And I, and I wonder how much of that is, you know, to do with the, the 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 lessons and the methods that Roy and Ray do talk about, you know, and, and he even said at the end of the game, he said, um, you know, there's some really good signs there that they took on board the messages that the coaching staff were giving, and I think those messages work at certain times for certain teams, and I just don't think they worked for us in that last season, and I don't think they worked at all for Watford. But perhaps um, everybody was right, and the damage was done by the, the team that was there. Well, I mean. First of all, he's not dealt with a team that poor before, I don't think. But his methods are ones of longevity and you're not going to rescue stuff. It's not going to be a sort of Nigel Pearson keeping Leicester up, making him 17th and then the next season and win it. Like, it or it's not going to be... Um, you know, Big Sam when he kept us up, it's 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 stuff over a long time. So if it doesn't work by now, it's it's not it's not going to work. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously there's been some feedback in the comments uh, about that. Lee Anderson's forehead, great day all round, and a lovely send off for Roy and Ray at the yeah. end. Uh, plus, that would have pissed the Watford fans off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Paul Kensley uh, wanted to say, please, please, please discuss Roy Shithauser at full time. Immediately yeah. pissing himself laughing with Wilf and Tompkins, ignoring Watford's players and fans, <laughs> then clapping all of ours off the pitch. I was crying so, with laughter at his, his level of I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I have to say that body language wise, and I'm sure it's not the case because Roy is a, a gent, as they say, right? But it really did smack of a thing, a guy who's just gone... Uh, I was reti- I was gonna, you know, retire. I didn't think there was gonna be other opportunities, but hey, I can, you know, I I took Watford's money and it was a hopeless case, and I did my best, and they screw it, you know. But when you when you, but even better, it was the um, I say first of all, I've got to say the reception, so 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 good, like and, and richly deserved. You know, the guy's been made an MBE. He's an incredible football manager for an incredibly long period of time and, and did wonders for us. So the fact that Sellhurst gave him that reception, you know, warms the heart. It really was fantastic. But <laughs> after the game, 
<laughs> not just the, the laughing and stuff, which was great, but after the game to be asked why he didn't applaud the Watford fans and to answer they were too far away. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they are, they are the opposite corner, I guess. Like, you know, it's quite far, especially if you're 74 years old, I guess. But I just thought, I mean, it just made things so much funnier, um, um, you know, at Watford's expense, really. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion on the radio about why that was. Um, you know, people messaging going, I'll give him a break, he's an old man. And then people <laughs> saying, well, I mean, no, he doesn't need help off the coach or anything like that. And then people saying, well, it's because he's scared of the HF. <laughs> um, <laughs> all manner is. Look, if, if that's the way you treat your managers as a football club, Eventually, you're going to get your ass bitten, and that's exactly yeah. what's happened. Yeah, so. well, exactly right. Why would you? What you know? Managers are a, a you know, are a six month at a time kind of commodity at Watford. So there's no chance for anyone to build any kind of affection. You know, Roy Roy Hodgson and, and Ray Lewington haven't built a bunch of affection for for Watford from that spell, have they? You know, they they've turned up. They've been. I remember uh, Roy saying in the press something about you know I've been told that there's a great and he said it very pointedly. I've been told we've got some amazing attacking talent here um, after they hadn't scored in a couple of games or something like that. And he was really kind of like, I think he was just a bit like, you know, everyone tells me this is a, a club I can keep up, but what the hell have I done here? What the hell have I taken on? And I think genuinely by the end, it was, you know, you can say from, you can see when he was talking before the game, he was talking quite understandably that they were already down. And he was pretty much saying, you know, I'm I'm not around. I'm not I'm not going to be. So obviously that conversation's already happened. That he's not going to be the one to to take them from the, the championship to the Premier League or anything like that. It was a it was a last dalliance, that last little paycheck, that last little moment to to kind of wave goodbye. And um and he and he said off the back of it that he's not going to take on another full time manager management job. So, so I think perhaps he's going to end up. A, he's going to end up at an international one, isn't he? Um, I Quite mean, possibly. let's be honest. Bill Shankly wouldn't have kept Watford up. Like, no, no, God, no, no. It's it, well, I wasn't trying to you know use any opportunity to have a pop at Roy because quite rightly, and I'm and I'm pointing it out. I I respect him massively, and and you know people sometimes have a, have a pop at me for it and. Um, for for the fact that I was so frustrated and so bored by the end of his his managerial um, spell with us, and you know, there's lots of reasons for that, and and not all of those were in his control, and I understand that. But I hope people will understand that when you see what Vieira's done, you know, there's been some changes, but this is a lot of a lot of the players are the same. But just to change the mentality, to not go out on the pitch and and think, well. You know we're Palace, so this is the best we can do. I, you never hear that, do you, from from Vieira? And it's right that we talk about Vieira now and 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 what he's done here. And you know it, that that this year has, has invigorated so many people. Having a team that play the football that they play that that we're seeing every week. So that's all it was. It's not not an opportunity to to kick Roy when he's down or anything like that. He's he's a wonderful, wonderful manager and and. You know, I'm proud to have had him as a Palace manager. So just to make that absolutely clear. Right. Um, I, so I, I guess, Mike, given that we've done nearly an hour and we said we'd make this a quick one, um, we should probably uh, do a quick wrap-up of, of any further listener comments or questions. Anything on your list? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to hit you with a few things. Just just give us a quick thought. Uh, a, yeah. a, a few comments and then a few of the forward reviews. Um yeah, so Nigel Hooten will be going for a top half finish or preparing for next season playing the under twenty one uh, under twenty three hopefuls. Ooh, I, I'd tough. like us to finish above Brighton, but I'm not sure. It's not within our control, is it? But no, um, that should definitely be the target. Look, I mean, was it Villa, Everton, and? Um... Man United, yeah, uh, all winnable games. I, well, honestly, Villa like... have it in their own hands if they beat us. I mean, they they, yeah. they they could finish above both us and Brighton, regardless. Yeah, so they they're a good side. I actually genuinely think that they're the <laughs> they're the toughest game we have left. You look at United at the moment; they've just they've just given up, absolutely given up. The manager's not there this next season. They've got a new, obviously, got Ten Hag coming in. You know, they've got. 
you know, Ronaldo sulking. They've got, you know, they've just got just an absolute mess there. Um, you know, so I don't think that, I'm not saying it'll be easy and we'll definitely win, but I actually think Villa, they've got a good degree of momentum. They've got some really talented players and, you know, and, and Gerard's done a good job there so far. So I think that's the toughest game we've got left. So if we can get a, a win or a draw out of that, you know, I think things are very good for a top half finish and that's exactly what we should be aiming for. But I wouldn't be disappointed were we to lose that game and then that would give us that opportunity in the last two games to throw in a, a, a group of young players. Um, so I'd like to see a few on the bench, maybe for the Villa game, uh, and, and come on depending on result. But after that, you know, if we've got a real shot at a, at a high finish, then we should probably take it, and, and the young players will unfortunately have to wait a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, Richard Evans, not a big thing, but we are mathematically safe. Well, there, there, there you go. We're definitely not going to get relegated. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Stuart Ryan, Palace, Palace average, Watford awful. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. We we weren't great, were we? <laughs> we were okay. Uh, we've played a lot better. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I think we can focus on how bad Watford are, and we have done a bit, yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, dominating but not exciting. Mm-hmm. There's a theme. Uh, I, I mean, do you, do, you, do you agree? I thought it was. I thought it was certainly quite exciting at points. I um, think I, I, this is one of those where I have to accept that the, the fact that I'm sitting at home watching it um, through an entirely, definitely not illegal way. Um, of course. Whereas you're, um, you had the pleasure of being there, Mike. I think those. That's why, that's why it feels different. I, I, watching that game at home, I can tell you from the many hundreds of games I've watched in person that that game feels a lot better watching it at the ground, where you're, you know, a couple of beers in, everyone's having a bit of fun, you're winning the game, you're sending Watford down. That performance feels ten times as good as it actually it, it feels when you're sitting at home and doing a couple of other things while watching a game because it's fairly inconsequential, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Fair enough. I, I mean, so t- two similar comments: um, Alistair Murray like a training game, and then Ray Johnson like a preseason friendly. I mean, yeah. are we? Has it got to the point where we can make teams that are maybe not as good as us look look like that's the case? I mean, it's not been the case in the past. We lose games at the bottom and then beat United mm. to stay up or something. I'd actually, do you know what? Mike? I think that's a really good point um, and something we haven't. I haven't spoken about throughout this entire conversation where we've been talking, I've been talking a lot about how Watford were bad. Um, but that is absolutely right. We palace under Vieira many times this season have made other teams look bad. Um, and whilst I think we haven't played brilliantly in, in, in terms of chance creation and chance conversion. Um, I think, you know, we, was so solid and, and think about with I mean Gay went off injured right he's got an ankle injury we, we don't know how bad it is but yeah, didn't look think good. Didn't you think look we're good. already playing with with Wardy at left back um, giving Mitchell the, the rest because he's been carrying an injury for a while um, so we're already playing with, with Wardy at left back that injury uh, happens and Wardy goes in and straight into centre back Mitchell comes in at left back and you wouldn't have known it, would you? You wouldn't have known that Joel Ward is a right back filling in at left back, who then filled in at centre back. You know, and and that really is shows you how well organised we've become. It shows you the versatility we have in the squad, and it shows you why it is difficult for for teams who aren't on their game and don't have huge amounts of quality to play against us. We made Watford are a poor team. They've shown they're a poor team this year, but we gave them no opportunities in their last chance, their last chance to be a Premier League side. And those a lot of those players, not all of them called it the Ben Foster, a lot of those players would want would have would have given everything to be a Premier League player next year. And they didn't get a single opportunity really to to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that Probably sums up everything I've been thinking, really, to be honest. Uh, and we'll finish off what's supposed to be a four-word review from uh, Callan had. Um, damp squid of a display against a very poor side. 
should have been able to absolutely demolish them rather than just edging it on an iffy penalty shot. An iffy penalty shot. But we are mathematically safe. Burnley can't catch us after losing and Watford are gone. Good insider job by Roy. And then Adam's just commenting saying, that's not four words, is it, mate? True. Did he say damp squid? Damp squid. Damp, damp squib. But no, so no, he said, definitely. He, he, yeah, he got it right. If I'm, no, he yeah. got it right. Yeah, I yeah, no, it's me. It's, no, it's me pronouncing badly. Oh, God. Thank God for that. Um, terrifying. Terrifying that somebody had said squid there. Right. It's all okay. Um, just a oh, just a little, little reminder that uh, Luke Plange has played his final game for Derby uh, and is now a Palace player. What? So, so I was, I was going to ask about this. So he, he did tweet something like once a ram always a ram and I was like yeah. Yeah. but no do you not I mean do you not I, I was hoping people would probably get the reference that, um, so when Ray, Wayne Rooney left Everton the first time to join Man, join Man United um, he said once a blue always a blue okay um, and Luke Blanz is playing under Wayne Rooney right now and has aped those comments to say once around, always around. It's a way of saying, you know, Lo- love you, I'm, Wayne. L- love you. I'm, I'm, yeah, love you, Wayne. But also, I'm going. But thank you for supporting me while I was a Derby player. See you later. Oh, okay, it's, okay. You know, okay. Well, thank you for clearing it up. Yes, that is exciting. I, I'm not as excited as I am for Scott Banks actually getting some football, but. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. But we'll, we'll see how he um see how he does, shall we? Anyway, um, yeah, fantastic. Right. Well, let's um certainly say thank you to everybody for listening to the show. I just dropped my phone on the floor. Um, and thank you to particular for all of you who got in touch today. Um, there was actually much more correspondence that we didn't use as always, uh, but we did read it all, and uh, and certainly it helped us put the document together for the show today. The preview team will be back in the week in some form, I'm sure, despite the fact that, you know, Albert's away on, on work. Work looks very sunny and very full of chips. Yeah, uh, uh, in his... work in Athens with some yeah. guy Ross watching the football. Yeah, yeah, unacceptable behaviour. But there he is. He's out and working. So the, the preview team in some form will be uh, back in the, in the middle of the week on a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that to look ahead to Sunday's trip to Villa. And and as ever, there's plenty of more content for you to uh, enjoy across all of our social accounts uh, and and loads of stuff over there on YouTube as well, where DR is running things wonderfully. And you've got Patrick's show and you've got Stan and T and everybody uh, doing a wonderful job over there. So do check that out. You can find us on everything, all of those things, by searching Back of the Nest. Like, subscribe and be merry. Leave us positive reviews in all those right places. It does help us. Um, be found by more and more Palace fans uh, looking for content. So until next time, come on, you Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.